Welcome back to Get Outside With Kids, the podcast that helps you have more amazing adventures outside with your family. And today we're talking about a topic that we absolutely love. And Jen and I were both lucky enough to be able to do this during our the younger years of our kids' lives. And that topic is baby wearing. So baby wearing is something that offered us so much freedom and so many adventures. And we're really excited with today's guest, Cassidy from Let's Talk Baby Wearing, who knows she knows so much about baby wearing, Jen. And I think talking to her really opened our eyes even further because I know you're a big fan of baby wearing and it opened up a lot of possibilities and adventures for you, right? Yeah, I loved baby wearing with both of my kids. I got into it from day one with both of them, uh, starting off with those really soft wraps. With my first kid, I, I attempted the very long piece of fabric wrap. Um, I think that worked well because he was a winter baby. And so having the extra fabric layers was really nice. Um, and then for kid number two, I traded that in to um, a different kind of structured carrier that just required me to like chuck it on and, and chuck the baby in. Uh, but I once taught an entire two-hour workshop in the evening wearing my second child. So I had childcare um, at that time for my first child set up for this workshop, but my second one was only like maybe not even three months old at the time. And I was committed to doing this workshop in the evening. Um, and so I just baby wore him the whole time and he slept through the entire thing. Like those baby carriers are can be truly miraculous, especially in those young ages. Oh yeah. They're like magic. Baby's like, I'm close to mom. If you're a breastfeeding parent, they're like, I'm close to the milk source. I can smell it. I am good. There is no place in the world I'd rather be. I think thinking about the kind of baby wearing trips that we did, I know you traveled a lot with your family, Jen, and were able to do a lot of that baby wearing. I think for me, the biggest challenge I always find found honestly was the blowouts that happen when you have a baby wearing incident and a kid blows through the side of their diaper. But, you know, as you become a little bit more, it's like anything with kids, as you become more comfortable with your kids, you figure out how to... <laughs> at least attempt to avoid those things. <laughs> yeah. And for your family, you went on so many cool adventures with your babies when they were little, right? Yeah. I mean, we hiked the Grand Canyon. We hiked Zion National Park. We did a bunch of cool hikes in Hawaii, um, all because we were baby wearing um, or you know, had one kid in a baby wearing, one kid in a backpack. Um, and we did those trips, especially when the kids were young, because we could carry them. Like That was actually kind of the purpose of the trip. We had these really big hikes we wanted to do. And the kind of hikes where our kids wouldn't be ready ready to hike them on their own until much older. And so baby wearing opened up that possibility for us. Um, and on the getting messy note, it does get messy. I have not once, but twice been baby wearing a child and have them pee out of the carrier. Like somehow the diaper was mispositioned. I have boys. So something just kind of shot out the side, like as in the diaper was dry, but everything else was wet. And so it is going to happen. Uh, that's the beauty of spare clothes. I did not have spare clothes for myself, but I did have spare clothes for <laughs> children. But that can happen anywhere. I mean, that can happen if you're sitting at a cafe holding a baby on your lap. It can happen and it can happen baby wearing. So I think Cassidy today is going to share some really awesome tips if you're looking for baby carriers. And stay tuned. Take a guess right now about how many baby carriers you think she has. We're not going to tell you. You have to listen in and find out. But uh, let's just say the number surprised us. Welcome to the podcast, Cassidy. We are so excited to have you on our podcast and here to talk about baby wearing with us today. Yeah, thank you for having me here. I'm excited to talk. So maybe you can start out by telling us a little bit, Cassidy. You know, we, we Jen and I both had kids who we were able to baby wear with. 
Um, but, you know, the longer that we sort of think about this getting outside idea, the more we see it as such a useful tool. Can you tell us a little bit about why baby wearing is so important to you and how it kind of came into your journey as a parent? Yeah. When I had my first, I, well, my husband and I, before that, I had done a lot of hiking together and that was a big part of our life. And I also did a lot of solo hiking just because, you know clear my head. <laughs> but uh, when I had my first, all I could think was, oh my gosh, I- I'm done. Like, what do I do with this little <laughs> newborn? Like, I can't take her anywhere. I can't do anything. And I knew that I wanted to take her everywhere and do everything with her. So I finally figured out my carrier within, you know, a few, well, because probably a week after she was born. And I was like, we're doing this. <laughs> and so, you know, started venturing out. And as they got bigger, it was it was less of a me just having my moment to go hike and more of a let's go adventure together. But when you're tired, now you can have a break. So it kind of has grown with them. I mean, even my four year old, who's almost five, every once in a rare while, she's like, yo, I'm tired. Please pick me up. <laughs> and so she'll go on my back and have a little break. And then, you know, five, 10 minutes later, she's like raring to go again and has all of her energy back. So just been nice. So I think, you know, Jen and I, like I said, we did baby wear when our kids were smaller, but I know a lot of parents who didn't. What do you think are some of the major barriers that are preventing parents from it? Is it a lack of knowledge, a lack of like, there's so many carriers out there. Like, what do you think it is that's preventing parents from, from kind of embracing baby wearing? I think I could be wrong, but I think there's kind of two different things. There's either a lack of knowledge on how it's actually helpful. And they just see it as why would I like I have a stroller? Why would I need to do that? Or they get a carrier. And most of the time, new parents are going to get a carrier that's not very comfortable. It's not a, you know, because they're thinking, hey, I'm just going to try this out. I might not like it. So they're not going to invest in it. And they're going to get something that's uncomfortable and their baby hates. And then they're like, my baby doesn't like baby wearing. I don't like baby wearing. So we're done. (laughs) But (laughs) those are kind of the two I usually see. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Um, One of the and maybe tips or maybe I want to say challenges I found was when I was ready to go to the store and buy a baby carrier, I was very pregnant at the time. And of course, you realize baby carriers don't fit a nine-month pregnant body because the baby is supposed to be inside the carrier and not inside your belly. Um, and so that could be one of the challenges, I think. <laughs> different type of baby wearing. <laughs> different type. You're permanently baby wearing at that point. Um, and so, Cassidy, one of the reasons I was excited to have you on the show today was your your feed over on Instagram at Let's Talk Baby Wearing is full of a amazing and practical tips on different types of carriers. Um, And so I thought today for anyone who's listening in who either is pregnant and therefore can't try on a baby carrier easily or is looking for a baby carrier, I'd love for you to break down some of your favorite baby carriers. And maybe let's start with kind of that newborn and early stage first. What would you recommend to a new parent? Typically for new parents, I recommend something like a stretchy wrap or Boppy and Ergo both have a newborn carrier that's a soft structured carrier that still has some of that stretchy wrap quality to it. So it makes it really comfy and cozy, but easy to use. Those are typically the two that I gear towards newer parents just because they're often easier to use. But in stores, what most of the time what you're going to find is a soft structured carrier, a stretchy wrap, or a narrow base carrier. And there are a lot of those narrow base carriers that they really push towards newborns 
but most newborns don't really like them. (laughs) So I would strongly urge somebody looking to look at a stretchy wrap. It's going to be confusing the first times. And one thing nice about a stretchy wrap is even if you are pregnant, like even if you're nine months pregnant, you can still practice putting the wrap on because it is such a long piece of fabric and it's stretchy. It's going to work with your body wherever you're at. Whereas a soft structured carrier, you know, you might not be able to fit it where you're supposed to wear it. So you're going to put it on and be like, yeah, this isn't working. But it's just more getting familiar with that fabric if you are pregnant. And especially if you're using a stretchy wrap, how does it, how does, how do you wrap it? What does that even look like? It's like origami. I see some of your videos, Cassidy. I'm like, (laughs) whoa, and what are you doing? And now that's going, okay, now it twists and it comes back (laughs) over here. I'm like, this is, it's a real technique. And I think I went with like a very simple one. Well, it was, it was relatively simple for a soft carrier when I I had newborns. Uh, But that was one of the things I chose was like, do I need to tie knots? (laughs) But it does limit what you have. And I think that point you just made there about, Um, you know, a long piece of stretchy fabric. One of the things Jen and I were curious about is like, if you want to get your partner involved or a grandparent involved, or maybe your sister, if, you know, somebody's helping you out with your, your baby, sometimes one size is the wrong idea, right? Like if it only fits one person, you can't let anybody else be involved in that. So I guess then if you have one of those ones that I never actually attempted, because I felt, I felt a bit scared, but one of those ones, that's like a big, long piece of fabric it actually can fit multiple people in your family, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it would, most stretchy wraps will fit most people, which is nice. And even with the soft structured carriers, nowadays, most will fit most people. It's just those people on, you know, extreme ends, if you're extremely petite, if you're, you know, plus size, but more four to five X, you might run into some issues, but there are brands that are, that really focus on, you know, plus size wearers or very petite wearers, but it's not going to be as perfect if, you know, you have a spouse that is one size and another or a grandparent. So a stretchy wrap can be nice, but it, I find most grandparents aren't as invested in learning how to figure a stretchy wrap out. (laughs) So let's just be real. (laughs) I feel like I remember those stretchy wrap days. And and for my children, me and Kate, both of our babies were, well, my babies were born quite petite, but they plumped up real fast. Uh, And Kate's babies were born already plump and plumped up even faster. Mega, I think is the word I use. They were gigantic. (laughs) They were fully cooked, Kate. They were just fully cooked. Um, And so the stretchy wraps were great for a limited period of time. Like, you know, you do want to have some more support, but I think back on those early days. and, And one of the things I really loved about, I had both the long piece of fabric and then I had a different type of stretchy wrap was just the hands-free at home as well. Um, And this comes more into play when you have a second child uh, because you have a newborn who you need to, you know, keep attended to. And then you have a toddler terrorizing your house perhaps. Um, And so I loved, even though it was a short period of time that I used those stretchy wraps for, I was able to pick up one off the buy cell quite easily. And I still felt like I got a good amount of use out of it. Uh, Now, once we've, you know, kind of ticked the box on the stretchy wrap and your kid, like Kate and I's children who maybe were quite heavy um, and we needed some more support and structure, what's kind of then your next step up for like, we're ready to hit the trails. We're looking for some more support and structure. What would you recommend to a parent in that stage? I definitely look at a self-structured carrier, especially for parents that really want to get outside a lot. It's like, I absolutely love half buckles and mid eyes and woven wraps and all of that side of baby wearing. But if you're main purpose is to get outside and especially if you're running after a toddler or something a soft structured <laughs> carrier is going to be the easiest and yeah I don't even want to say it's the easiest because 
everything with practice is going to become very easy, but you don't want to have long pieces of fabric running, you know, trailing after you on the ground as you're like tying it and trying to run after your toddler. So I think a basic soft structured carrier, and there are so many amazing brands, um, but a good one that is, I always recommend one that's adjustable because you could use it for that newborn period, but then you could also use it with older toddlers and one that does provide that wide support because not only is it typically better for them, but it's also going to be much better on your body, which you really want when you're, you know, if you're hiking long distances or if you're running after a toddler at the park all day, like you want something that's going to support your body and your babies. So Cassidy, I think one of the things that happened between my first baby who is almost six and my second baby who's uh, three and a half I feel like there's so many more fabrics out there. And this sounds ridiculous because you're like, you know, like and I actually remember going into a shop and being like, oh my gosh, this one's so pretty. <laughs> and they were like, well, it's about the function. I'm like, yeah, it is. But also like if you have a nice <laughs> fabric on it, that's great. So I actually mm-hmm. got one of the Tula for my second baby. I got a Tula Explore in the most beautiful fabric. I was like, this is so nice. And I can't tell you how much happiness it brought me to wear that and be like, oh, it looks cool. It's not just like <laughs> black or navy. So I think I love that there's so many more products like that out there that are actually sort of acknowledging that that's a thing that parents want. Um, so that was, I don't know if I'm embarrassed to say that's a big reason of why I chose that. I did really like that carrier. <laughs> But in terms of um, the benefits for our kids as well, like what what kind of benefits do you see other than hands-free around the house and, of course, being able to get outside with your kids? Can you tell us a little bit more about the benefits for your baby and that connection with their parent? Yeah. I mean, we are, you know, most people are aware of the benefits of like skin to skin and they call it kind of kangaroo care where baby, especially for a newborn, where they're right on your body and that skin to skin, all of the same benefits. Um, they tend to have lower stress levels. They've even shown that babies who are worn in general throughout the day cry less at night, really? um, regardless of, yeah, no, like a significant amount. Wow. So wearing your baby through the day, even if you're not wearing them at night, they still tend to cry less, which I mean, we all want That's that, amazing. right? amazing. <laughs> yeah. What a cool stat. <laughs> I know, right? Um, and I, I definitely noticed all three of mine, we didn't really have the witching hour. And I mean, I would be like, okay, that's coincidence if it's one baby, but all three of them. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I had babies with severe reflux, so they should have, you know, it should have been a nightly thing where they were in a lot of pain, but I wore them throughout the entire day. And so they were kept upright and we just didn't honestly have much crying in general, but especially in the evenings when you know, I was a nanny for over a decade and, oh, did I know about the witching hour? (laughs) (laughs) It's a real thing. (laughs) So I was really expecting that. And it was kind of shocking to not have those evenings every evening where they were just super upset. Mm. So I'd like to think that it played a part. And I mean, the statistics bear that out. So I guess thinking as those as those babies get a little bit bigger, a little bit older, they're maybe starting to walk a little bit by themselves. For what reasons might a parent choose to move to like more of a backpack style carrier? And what would you recommend? You know, what at what point do you think that's a useful thing for a parent versus like more of a soft structured carrier? Um, and maybe it's both of those. But what what do you think is a good reason to sort of start looking for the the bigger backpack ones with kind of the frame on them? With a structured hiking pack, honestly, 
The only reason I could see doing those is if you're doing very long distances and you want to carry a lot or Mm -hmm. you're like, I mean, there are ways to carry your child so that they can see everything. But that is another reason is some babies really just enjoy being up really high. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, not baby babies, six months and older typically, but if they're walking, honestly, I found most for the first three years two, I guess two and a half years of baby wearing. I mean, I was tandem wearing two my two kids that were first were 17 months apart. So, and I would go hiking Whoa. just me and them. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I just used two soft structured carriers and it was just easier. Um, especially if we we're only going three, four miles, there was no reason for me to grab a big structured hiking pack. It just wasn't as comfortable on my body and I didn't need that much storage. But when I had a third and I was hiking by myself, that's when I was like, okay, structured hiking pack it is because you need so many more. I mean, I had three, three and under to start. So it was oh like, my gosh. <laughs> that's a whole, that's a whole other podcast. I think that's a whole other podcast. Right? <laughs> wow. But, but like I needed so many diapers and so many snacks and so many wipes. And so at that point it was like, okay, structured hiking packs really started to shine there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I could just store so much stuff in them. And I was yeah. like, this is the best. <laughs> but I mean, I, I really think it depends on the parent. I also, one reason I really didn't like a structured hiking pack is I did continue nursing past 12 months and I found that my little ones wanted to nurse when they were in the carrier. And if I'd put them in the hiking pack, they get ticked off in like 30 minutes and they just want to be on my front. So I'd have to stop. And I got really frustrated. And now I do have like the trail magic, which clips on to your structured hiking packs. Like now knowing that that's an option. If you want a structured hiking pack and you are nursing or just have a little one that wants that connection up front, I'd say even if you have one kid, like grab that thing because you can keep hiking and just pop them in front, which is nice. But yeah, I kind of struggle with the structured hiking packs in general because they take up so much space. They aren't very comfortable on everyone's body and you really want to be able to go in and try those ones on in general, I find. Mm -hmm. And unless you're really caring a lot or you, you know, you're going to be outside for extended periods, I don't think most people need them. That's really interesting feedback. The size of it, like we had, we picked up a Deuter kid carrier um, secondhand and that thing was massive. It even took up a lot of space in the garage, not just in the car when we went out, but we were always like, where are we going to put this in the garage? Like, (laughs) um, I think. The trail magic option is really cool, though. Uh, We had um, Tyson and Shannon from Restless Crusade on the podcast uh, last year who have just been to Everest Base Camp with their four-year-old twins with the trail magic. Uh, So we're like, if you're looking for an advertisement that that works, like they made it to Everest Base (laughs) Camp. That is so cool. Um, We'll link to that that episode in the show notes if anyone's interested because those two are amazing and their twins are amazing. Um, But just to go back a little bit, Cassidy, to the tandem wearing, I never actually, I don't think I had the need for doing this, but lots of parents do, particularly if like you say, the kids are closer in age. What are your tips for parents who want to have a go at tandem wearing? Because it seems like there's so many buckles and so many straps and like, (laughs) it's always looked really confusing to me. Uh, Yeah. So there are like, there are some specific tandem wearing carriers 
The problem I have found with them is I had two children of different ages always. I mean, they were always close, but different ages. And if you have a tandem carrier, you can't take off your back child and leave your front child on. You always have to take the front child off. So most people, most of the time, I actually end up recommending two soft structured carriers. And that's because you can put your first child on on front and then put your second child on back. And it is going to be very confusing the first few times you do this. And you're probably going to be like, (laughs) oh, my gosh, this hurts. But keep practicing because once you find where those waistbands need to be and you figure out how to actually clip both on, it's it's actually I mean, we have a very aggressive climb that's very close here. And I used to take my then one and two year old on this hike. And it's, you know, three and a half, four miles of just climb. And I remember thinking about that hike when I first started tandem wearing and I put them on the first time and I was like, how do you go more than 10, 15 feet? Like, this is impossible. <laughs> but then I figured it out and I practiced and I was like, I was committed. I was like, this is happening. So I kept doing it and I was able to do, you know, three, four miles of, you know, a, an aggressive climb with both of them on me. And I was actually comfortable. So wow. it really can be comfortable and it can be, you know, a really good option that's very quick and easy once mm-hmm. you practice. But yeah, the first time you do it, be prepared that it probably isn't going to feel good. Mm-hmm. But that's not what it's always going to be like. <laughs> right. And do you have a specific um, soft carrier that you recommend that you found works well for you to have two of on or is it just it's just a personal preference to figuring out the combo that works personal preference to a degree and also just what you have i mean i have tandem worn with literally most of the brands that are out there so it's possible with all of them i will say if you have a carrier with a very there are only a couple on the market but some of them have a wider shoulder strap and if you're trying to put two of those together it's not going to be very comfortable and then some have very rigid So again, it's going to be, they're not going to fit together nicely. So looking for something that is either a thinner, like a slightly thinner strap or a little bit more flexible, those are always going to go well together. And then if you have, like your Tula is kind of considered a waistband style or a waterfall waistband, it falls over the waistband. And then there are apron style, which you put on and it just like hangs straight down. If you do those two together, because apron style are always going to go up high on your natural waist, whereas the other goes low on your waist, those are going to fit really well together, especially if you have two bigger kids. So it sounds like kind of like mix and match is kind of your way to go for tandem caring. And obviously, if you're new to baby worrying, you know, start with one baby at a time and then yes. work your way up to two children. They don't think I don't think you want to jump into baby wearing at um, at two kids there. And also just to plug there that if you listen to this, and you're like, I'm not sure I'm strong enough after giving birth. We highly recommend oh, yeah, seeing don't. a pel- pelvic <laughs> health physio. Pelvic health is really important in baby carrying if you've had, particularly depending on how you've given birth. So just a little plug in there. We also had an episode, a great episode with Lacey Forsyth, who is a pelvic health physiotherapist a few weeks back with some great tips on how to get strong so that you can actually even fathom the idea of carrying that much weight. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's one thing is people are like, I couldn't, you know, my pelvic floor couldn't heal. Well, yeah, no, you should also never be tandem or, okay. If you had twins and you're strong, you know, you're at a point where you can comfortably hold two. I mean, that's very different than trying to tandem wear a newborn and a two-year-old. Like I only tandem wore 
a newborn and two-year-old at the very end of that newborn period. I was, you know, eight, 10 weeks out and I had an easier birth and I had pelvic floor therapy through my pregnancy and then after. And that's something I try to mention to people too, because with my first, I could barely comfortably wear her and hike at three months postpartum. You know, it was a very different birth and I did not have the proper, you know, I didn't have any pelvic floor therapy. So yeah, thank you for mentioning that because that is (laughs) very important. (laughs) One of the, when me and Kate were kind of talking right before you came on, Cassidy, we were kind of talking about, I think learning to baby work can open up a lot of freedom for parents and especially moms. Like we have talked a lot about on the show as a mom, if it's your first time um, on maternity leave, you know, you're home a lot with your kid and sometimes you kind of feel trapped inside the house or you're just going a little bit stir crazy. Um, And I think for us, like baby wearing was one of the ways we kind of made it through those maternity leaves, especially my first one. I know I hiked a ton as well because it was just something you could do. Um, And it was a really great way to make other friends as well because you could go and meet up um, and do some of that. So I think baby wearing, if you're in a place where you're kind of open to learning new things, getting out of the house can be a way just to meet other people and try something new. Um, With your journey with baby wearing, have you kind of found those communities where parents and mothers, you know, particularly are looking to get outside, connect and and kind of take advantage of that time with their little ones? Yeah, there's definitely a community of that. And that's actually the, the close friend that I made postpartum with my first was we would go baby wear our babies and go hiking for miles. And I mean, both of us were just like, we need out of the house. We both missed hiking because that was something that we had done before. And I know when you're a a lot of moms that reach out to me are afraid of going hiking because, you know, they want to go hiking. They want to go do things with their baby, but they're terrified. They're like, what if this happens? What if that happens? And so having a friend or something or joining, like there's so many groups nowadays, um, where you can find people who are interested in getting out and, you know, even starting small, take your baby by yourself to a local park and, you know, just walk around the park and then, you know, start broadening that out. But yeah, I mean, getting out and using that as a tool to just get outside of your little sphere is really nice. So Cassidy, how many carriers do you have? Do you know? (laughs) Oh gosh. I mean, I (laughs) probably over 200 at this point yeah because i mean you do a lot of reviews you do a lot of tests over on your instagram account which is great for people to be able to see that wow i thought you would just say like 40 i wouldn't have guessed 200 wow that's amazing so i guess what that says is if you're looking to get um a baby carrier cassidy's probably tested it so you should check out her account where you can see that (laughs) i've tried most at this point not all but most a good number um one of the other things that jen and i like to be able to do as well was to be able to try things through you know if you're not sure you want to commit to buying one new there's lots of things that are available secondhand through various groups um and or trying a friends as well and seeing how it fits your body um cassidy there's a couple of times i've seen on your instagram account of you transferring a sleeping baby who you've been actually I think you've done it front carrying and back carrying. you're like a magician do you have tips for somebody whose baby keeps falling asleep in the carrier and they want to be able to transfer them to a crib because I don't think I did it I don't know Jen you probably did it a few times with your kids I think I did it zero times successfully do you have any tips for those who want to transfer a sleeping baby I call it weightless I have like a list of things to wait for but one of them is not waiting too long but also waiting enough time for them to fall asleep So I found typically four to seven minutes after they fall asleep is a really good time. It's not always practical because if you're like out walking and then get home, obviously, but um, 
that is the best time. And then I always do the ragdoll test. So I pick up their leg or their arm and I, I see if there's any resistance as I pick it up <laughs> and then as it falls. But that gives you a good indication that they're actually asleep. And then really working because when they're in the carrier, they've got compression on the front and back. So I try to always keep that compression as I'm putting them down, like they have on the back and then I have my hand on the front so that they're not getting that startle reflex. But uh, practice, practice, practice and know that your baby is going to probably go through phases where you can't do it. I, everyone's like, you make it, you know, it's just easy for you. Your baby actually stays asleep. I'm like, oh, you don't know the <laughs> amount of times that I have done this. And, you know, that newborn period is typically very easy. Like practice in that new be- newborn period, get them used to that movement. And then they're going to probably go through a stage where that you can't do it. But my little guy, I think in the last two, I think once he hit about a year to 13 months, he started doing it again a lot easier. And so keeping up with it, practicing, figuring out what works for them, but not being so scared to put them down, I think helps because, you know, you just get that, like, I'm not going to wake them up. Like I'm going to do everything to keep them awake. But if they're truly tired, they're going to go back to sleep if you end up needing to put them back in the carrier. So <laughs> yeah, that was that was one advantage of the backpack style carrier. Um, I will say is that if your kid's asleep, I remember there were so many hikes, especially with my my oldest son, you know, if you asleep on the trail, you could very gently take the pack off, usually with the help of somebody else, place it gently down, have a break and then hike back. Um, or if we were just in the neighborhood, you could hike home. Um, and one time my son, I think he was like, I think he was about two at the time. He slept through like an entire, like we were snowshoeing up to this hut. And we were having like breakfast up there slept through the entire thing like it was nice because we had had the backpack off kept him in the backpack you know we were watching him it was all safe slept through the whole thing until we got back to the car so i think one point for those backpack carriers is it's nice that you can take a sleeping child off your body so <laughs> you can physically get a break but they can stay nicely asleep um in the backpack so we really loved that for that versus there were times in the sleeping carrier you're doing that debate like do i just continue to wear them for another hour even though i'm very tired or do i risk waking them up and there's no easy answer sometimes to that one that's also true and you can also switch people easier because you just take it off and hand it off to the next person and they put it on (laughs) so that is definitely a plus um so cassidy we always like to ask our guests uh we know that uh, as you say like you share probably highlight reels like we all do and you share you know a magical move of you putting a sleeping baby down in a crib and everyone's like oh your ba- it's it's easy for you but we know that there's that getting outside with kids and baby wearing is not as simple as that and the, in the background there's a whole lot of things going wrong sometimes so we always like to ask our guests can you share a story of a time when you know you were getting outside with your kids and things did not go according to plan hopefully everybody's okay but uh you know things might have gone a little bit sideways okay so when i had a day where the kids were just melting down and kind of my go-to at that point is just get outside and even you know getting in the car is always a nightmare sometimes at that point but i got them (laughs) in got to the hike got everybody out all dressed i mean it was very cold so we had all these layers that i spent all this time got everything ready we start hiking and then all of a sudden i start hearing booms and i'm like oh no (laughs) and i look in the distance and over the mountain is coming this massive like cloud and lightning pouring rain and i was like oh shoot because it was moving fast i've never seen a storm come in that fast and i was just like i know i have a i think he was like four or five months at the time 
And then I've got my two and three year old. <laughs> I'm just like, girls, look at me. We're going to play a game. <laughs> like, how fast can we get to the car? <laughs> I'm trying not to like jostle my baby as we're running. But lightning was, you know, within, I don't know, half a mile or less and coming Whoa. at us quickly. By the time we got to the car, I mean, it was only a quarter mile or so to the car, but just in that amount of time running, getting to the car as quickly as we could, we were getting pelted with rain as I'm getting them buckled into their car seat. And I was like, got into my car and then the lightning starts. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> but also, oh, I put so much work into getting them and now we have to go back home. <laughs> it was just like, no. <laughs> I can't imagine thank goodness we were safe (laughs) the three kids part like I've taken two kids out and had that experience where you've gone out and you know turned around but it doesn't get better when you have more kids it gets worse because you've had to put more time more planning more effort into it to end up in what sounds like the eye of the storm like right in the middle there it was genuinely scary I was going through my mind of okay in a storm go into a you know you don't want to be under trees like because it was getting so close and i'm thinking of all the things that you do if there's lightning and i was like do we just keep going we're right on the edge of the storm like i can see the car now and I was like just go 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 oh man wow but yeah definitely uh look at the weather <laughs> I mean, particularly in the mountains, you can't see this stuff coming sometimes, right? Like the forecast mm. is is not specific enough for you to know that. But uh, well, as I said, maybe rain. Yeah, yeah maybe it was, rain. it was rain and then some. I think that is it. You know, if uh, not if you have three kids, because I don't think there's any way to carry three kids. But if you only had one kid or two kids, particularly (laughs) if the kid's walking a little bit, having a carrier with you for those sort of situations where they're too slow to move away from danger (laughs) is also something that, you know, we occasionally would do. It'd be like throw a soft carrier into a backpack just in case we had to get out of there quickly, you know? Yeah, no, I've definitely done that. Where I've actually done that with three where I had one on front, one on back and one on my shoulders. And I was booking it, but it was because they were exhausted and I was like, we need to move now. It was another storm coming in. Cassidy, you are one strong mama. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just, it was a very short period of we need to get moving now and, you know, adrenaline. (laughs) So I think, uh, I think it's good to note to kind of round that out that while things can go wrong, I feel like there's this rule of like nine times out of 10, things will be either good to okay. Um, and so it's always mm-hmm. worth going outside. And you're right. Sometimes a storm is going to come in or your baby's going to have a blowout. Things do happen on the trail. Uh, but we shouldn't let those kind of fears hold us back from trying baby worrying, trying that next hike, or even just that next stroll in your neighborhood, uh, because it really can kind of open up more terrain for you. I think one of the biggest barriers I, I didn't realize when you when I went into the world with a stroller for the very first time um, is how inaccessible some places are. And of course, this is a very real reality for anybody who uses a mobility device on a regular day-to-day basis. Um, and it was really, really eye-opening to be like, oh, there are kind of, there's a random stair here or there's gravel and that's hard sometimes to get over. Um, and so on that note, one, we should obviously advocate for more accessible places all of the time because that's a, that's a whole other thing. And we've had, um, we actually had Laura on here who talked about accessibility on our podcast. 
Uh, but I think having a stroller was the first time I really encountered some of those barriers. And so depending on where you live, sometimes baby wearing is actually logistically easier depending on where you need to go. Um, I mean, even just taking sometimes like the SkyTrain, me and Kate have taken with strollers and without strollers. When we take the strollers, it is accessible and there are elevators, but it is it is sometimes a bit of an inconvenience to find like, where are the elevators and how do you do that? And sometimes that's a barrier on its own to getting out as parents. So uh, while we definitely want to advocate for accessibility, depending on what kind of barriers you face in your immediate environment, baby wearing can open up perhaps more ease of access to getting to some places. Yeah, no, it definitely can. Especially like you said, even just in town, because everyone always says, you know, why not just use a stroller? And sometimes strollers, don't get me wrong, they're an amazing tool and they can be extremely convenient. But the vast majority of times when we've gone into town with a stroller, we end up going, okay, we're getting lunch. Where do we put this thing? Or wait, there's, you know, five flights of stairs. Uh, There's no this, there's no that. And sometimes, you know, we're ended up carrying the stroller up places. And it's like, well, this isn't exactly as practical as we had imagined in that moment. (laughs) But with a carrier, you just throw them on your back and, you know, your feet can take you wherever you need to go. But yeah, they're both great tools, just different applications sometimes. So Cassie, my mind is still reeling from the fact that you have 200 carriers. Um, but I think, uh, you know, so many of uh, the people listening to our podcast who maybe they have a baby, maybe they have a toddler, maybe they're interested in learning a little bit more about baby wearing, where can they find you online? Uh, it's just Let's Talk Baby Wearing kind of everywhere, uh, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. And I do have TikTok, but I know <laughs> I'm not as I'm not there as often. So I usually Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Great. We'll make sure we drop all of those links into the show notes here. So make sure you go through and uh, and follow Cassidy and see also your adorable children and the way that they fall asleep <laughs> and, the, and uh, in their carriers and how cozy and comfortable they look with you. I think it's really inspiring because it reminds you of that, you know, how important that connection is with our kids. I love what you said about babies crying less when they're held during the day. So if, if you're looking for extra, extra <laughs> motivation, I think that's it uh, just to start <laughs> baby wearing. So thank you so much for being on the show today, Cassidy. We've really appreciated all your advice and your tips and we encourage everybody to go over and follow Cassidy in all of those places. Thank you guys for having me. It was nice to talk to you guys. (laughs) If you've enjoyed this episode, if you have a friend who has a new baby on the way or is struggling to, you know, get outside and explore with their kid, please, we would love if you would share this episode with them. Maybe you can go and text them a link right now. Um, If you can leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts, we'd love that. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for future topics, you can find us over on Instagram at Get Outside With Kids. And we'll be back again next week with another episode of the podcast. 